Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? My sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 163, recording live on June 27th, outside on the deck. I love recording now. It's a little chillier than last time, but... It's nice, though. It is nice. Uh, during our Hops Beer Flight segment, we will discuss Star, 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 and Star, Star, Star. Now, you guys are supposed to tell me what we're talking about, but... What was, your, what was yours? Deshaun Watson. We're talk about we're gonna Deshaun, talk Deshaun Watson. Watson. We're going to talk about... Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Detroit Tigers in, in the A.J. Hinch I stuff. I going to be Brittany Griner, but... Is that what you're doing? Right, well, we can do we'll it. figure it and out. And John, is, is it a surprise? Is it a surprise what we're going to talk about? Yeah, it's going to lead us into our main topic. We a little, Perfect. A little uh, takeaway from the NBA draft on Thursday. Nice. I love that. And then uh, some Detroit Lions stuff as well. We're going to touch on it all, pretty much. Sweet. And we're going to jump into the main topic, Pistons. Yeah. Heck of a draft. Crushing. Oh, man. Heck of a draft. People are excited about that. We're going to dig into it, um, talk about all the good stuff there, and then kind of talk about what's next for them. What are they, what, what's the rest of the, the offseason going to look like? And then the Detroit Red Wings, a little bit of that with the Stanley Cup done. And the unrivaled um, documentary that came out yesterday that we watched. That was that was pretty good. Um, we're going to talk, talk about that, which which will be a lot of fun. Did you guys watch that together? We did, yeah. Is that yeah. what you were doing? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, man. I was, see, I was sitting at my house just waiting for an invite, and it, it just never came. Oh. Really? Yeah. I was just looking out the window. It's funny because Andrew is like, were you going to invite Ryan? I'm like, I doubt he really wants to. He's been gone all day. Yeah, That's I win the cup. Uh, yeah, I figured that. <laughs> oh. You made me feel bad for a second. Um, oh, you're all set. No, I'm good. I'm glad. I, I, I was going to feel bad for a minute, but I decided not to. <laughs> um, I'm going to put together another Dinger Tuesday, and I actually have two of them laid out. One of them's a lot of detail. One of them is just like a quick and easy one. I'm going to let Ryan decide between the two. Um, and, of course, we're going to grade some Michigan Sweet. beer from Sogatug Brewing Company. Shout out to them. Um, if you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know. Um, what you are sipping on tonight, and let us know what your thoughts on all of our topics, and be part of the conversation. We'll read your comments, all that good stuff. John's John's got the comments ready to go. Uh, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running, and BettingHero.com helps us, and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Walthart. With me today is Micah Smith, Ryan Walthart, and hold on, hold Hello. on, hold on, and John Dornboss. We're back here. That. We are Look back here behind the scenes. Yes. It's not the prettiest shot, but <coughs> John gets in the way. Everything else would look really nice. It's a little, little dark under the duck here. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, shoot. Is that a bad camera quality or what? Once, once I hope uh, not. Yeah. I, that, that, qual- that camera. Once these overhead lights oh, set man. the moon, we'll be Look good. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that oh, lighting's the, not the best. How about the big screen? I like Shoot. the big screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So well, play by play. We're just we're we're missing we're just messing with stuff. We got an outdoor studio in here. Yeah, I gotta get this gotta get this camera dialed in. I don't know what's up with that color. That's my bad. I, should, I thought I had it dialed in, but maybe John changed. Did you get it, it today? 
Uh, I got it on Saturday, actually. Look at that. Investing back in the company. I yeah. Knew, I knew right? my paycheck was getting put to good work. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Good use. At least well, you hey, know. Never mind. <laughs> we'll talk about what I have to say <laughs> off air. Um, <laughs> how was your guys' weekends? Anything Anything exciting happen? Ryan and I were at a wedding together. Yeah, that was fun. Ooh. How'd that go? Oh, it was a good time. It was It was uh, very warm. It was very warm. It was very warm. <laughs> it was like <laughs> one of those that like drank a crap ton of beer in, in high noons. I was I started with high noons, ended with beer because I was like, if I drink high noons this whole time, I'm going to... I'm going to be at a different level. Yeah. So I switched uh, to like a light beer. I think I was drinking PBR because that was the light beer that they had. Yeah, you went um, some, t- something else first though, didn't Shandy. you? you Shandy. Yeah, yeah, I had okay. a little bit of Shandy. But I, I probably had probably 15 beers. Yeah. Like total. Yeah. But I didn't like feel that drunk because we were just dancing and sweating it all out. If, uh, I was feeling yeah, that's true. It was basically a sauna in there. Yeah. So it was. Just keep on going. It was really fun though. Who was the better dancer? Boot and Rally. Uh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, that's but those are do. fighting words. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to dance off. Uh, no. Keep talking. Like <laughs> yeah, <that. laughs> just come to Man. a wedding. Come to a wedding with us, and you guys can be the judge. Yeah, I think I. I would say. I would say it's pretty even. I would say different, different value, like different. Yeah, we do different things well. No, but but both bring a lot of value. Yeah, it's kind of like a oh, okay, the, like an MJ Pippen thing, um, he, and one of us is MJ. So have fun fighting <laughs> over that. I would say like no, a, I'm just kidding. I would say like an MJ Lebron thing. <laughs> that some might think one's better than the other, and they might be wrong. They might, or uh, they might be. be right. You <laughs> never know. And you guys be the judge of which one's which. This is what everybody wants to hear about, <laughs> right? Let's just keep our the, dancing keep ability. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, I see it this weekend. Why? What's this weekend? Fourth of July. Oh yeah, I don't dance at Fourth of July. Sorry, I forgot about that. Huh? So we're gonna number, have to change that. Rule number what, six. What day is that? Monday. 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 Okay. So, so probably not doing an episode. Next week, Monday. I, I think I have a party Friday, Saturday. No, no, no. I don't know. Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah. And maybe even a Tuesday. Sounds awesome. Wow. I wish I had that much fun. Just too many weekends in a row, though. It's, yeah. It's catching up to I, me. I honestly think I had probably 30 beers this weekend. And that's a lot for me. It is. I don't think I drink on Friday, it's though. Kind of a I? lot in general. <laughs> you kind of had to save it for the following day, right? Yeah, so I, I don't remember what Friday w- insisted of. I I might have drank. I don't remember. But then the wedding, I drank a lot. And then I had a diaper party at my house on Sunday. And, of course, I'm just going to drink a ton of beer that night. So And it didn't stop. Like it, we, got, we got started at 2, and we I didn't stop till whatever time you guys left after the hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was late. Yeah. 11.30. Yeah. So Congrats, I, Sam. I didn't know you had another one on the way. You had a <laughs> diaper party here? <laughs> well, it was for uh, my friend Justin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. No, definitely not me. Problems. Yeah. If it was If it was Andrea, we'd be having a different conversation. <laughs> That's for sure. Would uh, you be how, having a conversation? Your, how was your weekend, John? What did you guys do? I spent the weekend with a eight-week-old German Shepherd puppy. My girlfriend picked up a dog on Saturday morning. Did it fit through the door? Do you have to take the door off? Oh, no, the dog is small enough right now, but the thing is growing like by the minute. Yeah. It's like a weed. It's pretty funny. That's but, funny. Uh, yeah, she had to work on Sunday, so I got to watch the dog and brought my dog along too. Oh, so a little puppy play date, and uh, outside of that, pretty low-key, just making sure the thing isn't you know, making any messes or chewing, chewing up my shoes. Did your dog get, dog get along with the little puppy? Or For a while. A little rivalry? Well, yeah, there? but that, that German Shepherd's got some sharp <laughs> nails right now. Okay. And the teeth on that thing are razor sharp as well. So one time I went to let him out the door, and the German Shepherd puppy jumped, like, on the back of my <laughs> dog, and she turned around like, Not happy yeah, with that. 
I don't know, kind of pushed that one to the side. And, uh, <laughs> outside of that, it was a good time. Good. What'd they yeah. name the dog? River. Yep. River. Yep. She's, yeah, eight weeks old. Um, yeah, ten and a half pounds, ready to rock and roll. Going to be a, probably a pretty decent pretty sized big, dog. Pretty yeah. big dog. Cool looking dog, though. The color uh, variations on the on the dog are pretty unique. Yeah. Uh, real blonde ears, and then it's got, like, real dark paws with, like, lighter like nails and pa- and pads it's yeah kind of freaky looking it looks like a little wolf little wolf <laughs> cub so man that'll be fun yeah it'll be a sharp dog we'll see how it goes puppies are a lot of work yes I, they I've are heard. i've never I've, yep. dealt with it but I've yeah that first night was a little tough to sleep but yeah uh, I don't so know. you just sit there and cry the whole time right yeah and like when we picked it up from the breeder the breeder said that the other puppy that was in that litter that this one like played with and like hung out with most of the time had left friday night so like it was uh, like sad all night Friday. We oh, got it. Gosh. We got it Saturday morning. Like eyes were all watery, like droopy looking. Like, yeah. Um, the ride home was fine. Uh, it took a little while for the dogs to all get together, but nice. Outside of that, yeah. I mean, they kind of like a baby. They eat, sleep, they poop. Run, yeah, poop. And <laughs> they run on like you know ten, fifteen minutes of good energy, and then they're out again. Yeah. yeah. So that part's cool, but that'll change here real soon. Yeah. <laughs> <A little older laughs> <to get. laughs> yeah. Yep. Trying to walk that thing constantly. Michael, what'd you do this week? Anything exciting? Uh, I got some work done in the backyard, and we had your kids over for a sleepover. That's right. That's right. I forgot so about that. So we got to do some swimming, hang out on the tramp, play in the yard. So yeah. Well, that nice. was yeah. that while Sam was drinking fifteen beers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I. It was not my finest weekend when it came to <laughs> quantities of drinking, but. Hey, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes just you gotta let, let loose. loose. Exactly. Yeah. You don't. I don't get invited to very many weddings, and I wonder why. But that probably has a lot to do with it. You met your monthly quota <laughs> in one week. <laughs> I really. Did. I like was thinking about tonight. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna drink. I want to at least try what we're drinking tonight. Which we'll, let's actually get ready into that. What, what are we drinking tonight? Anybody? I, I want to move. This is kind <laughs> of a, your go-to. It seems like these days. Another uh, one of these summer shandies, right? Yeah, strawberry lemonade shandy. From Saugatuck Brewing Company. We all know where Saugatuck is. Um, Saugatuck. 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, it says, it tastes like summer. You're craving something light-bodied, refreshing, and unique. That's why the, that's why we created our tasty version of a Rattler. What? Yeah, Rattler. I don't know what that means. What's well, a Rattler? With it's an a, added it's twi- a poisonous snake, I think. No, it's a German. <laughs> it's a German beer that they. It, it's like really common with younger, the younger generation in oh, really? Germany as they're growing up. Yeah, because like fourteen, sixteen year olds, they they drink over they there. They drink just like lower percentages. Or yeah, something? so they it's like part beer, part lemonade. Okay. Oh, so it's just a shandy. It's just a different word for shandy. Yeah, they literally like pour. I think it's like part. So they pour the beer and then they pour the lemonade. They just like mix the drinks. Gotcha. Yeah. And then a shandy would be actually brewed with the lemon? I think so. I think that would be the difference. Gotcha. That makes sense. I don't know if people are going to get know, that. But but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's, w- that's what I was drinking after a mountain biking. It was just refreshing, yeah. and I didn't want it for the beer. I wanted it for uh, the refreshness. So they added a twist of straw of strawberry flavored. Um, the tart citrus of lemon and sweet freshness of strawberry flavors combined to create a perfectly delightful beer. There you go. <laughs> beer. Well done. Perfectly well done. Delightful. What do you guys think so far? I haven't even tried it yet. You know who would like this beer? It's Kyle. Oh, he loves shandies and rattlers. And lemon in his beer. <laughs> yeah. Loves that kind of stuff. No, no, but what do you guys think so it, far? It's a good beer so far. Yeah. I like that they 
incorporated strawberry into the lemonade. You don't see that a whole lot. You see just lemon shandies everywhere. Definitely so, gives it something different, right? Right, right. It's cool. washing. It's washing down that spicy chicken sandwich I got from Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell so, you that right now. I was so mad you didn't bring that. And then the you had the waffle fries. What there? time do they close? Ooh. I think ten. All right, let's hurry this up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, before we uh, jump into our De Hops Beer Flight segment, I want to remind everyone that De Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is serving incredible food and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Sh- Chef Dan's rotate fo- revamped food menu and head brewer Ben's rotating taps, wine and ciders, make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on from dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. They have Taco Tuesday, Stein Night Wednesday, Thursday, any burger and beer for 15 bucks, along with some unbelievable specials on Fridays and Saturdays. We highly recommend following them on Instagram and Facebook, where they share their weekly specials, some incredible food and beer pictures that will make your mouth water to hops is the official brewery state of my sports in 2022 and if you mention state of my sports you'll get a nice little discount off your first beer drinking craft beer having fun and talking sports in the state of michigan you're listening to state of my sports all right, who, who wants to go first? I'm, so, John, you said it's going to lead into our main to- or our next topic, so we should probably save yours for, for last. Is yeah, that, I can, I'll say? go first. I can back clean up. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd like to talk about how after this many episodes, you still stumble every time on Chef Dan's revamped food menu and head brewer Ben's brewer Ben's rotating. It's just hard. Is this your flight segment or are you just being mean? No, no this is my flight segment. I just want <laughs> I want ideas on how we can like revamp this, this uh, read. Just right there. Just revamp the read in that one spot. That's my challenge for you to, uh, going into the next week. So, no. right, so it is both. Six words. All right. I'll 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 move on to uh, what you have prepared for me for my flight segment. I appreciate the help. All right. Um, so there apparently, according to reports out right now, there is for A.J. Hinch, manager of the Detroit Tigers, he apparently does not have an opt-out clause in his contract. Really? And the reports are saying from Ken Rosenthal that um, the contract is through 2025, and it's longer than Al Avila's current contract. Oh, okay, so I, all I, right. I thought that it was um, interesting because the the original reports were just saying that it was a multi year deal, and he obviously doesn't Hitch does not get into any information or, or direct details about his contract. Right. Um, but this means that he's around for at least the if they want to keep him around, he's around for the the long haul. Here. Right, right. And, and through miserable season, you know, like right now that they're going through, he's going to have to see this thing through. And if Avila goes and Hinch is the one that's left over, I don't. Something tells me he wouldn't mind that. Hundred percent. You've got you've got a guy who knows what he's doing. You've seen his body of work. And then he comes into an organization with a dysfunctional GM. And at that point, he's he's thinking further down the road, maybe if this guy kicks it and I'm still left here, this would be a perfect situation for me to vie for a different GM of my liking to come in. It's, it's or, great lo- as we look down the road further. Or, or is Hinch aiming for a GM job? 
so that was, uh, that's something I was thinking about. Is it really a GM job that he wants, or does he want to pick his own GM? Yeah, he, he might. You know what I mean? Yeah, the control Where that he has have the seems, control. Yeah, which which is, it seems like he had in 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 Houston a little bit more control than it, it seems like he has here in Detroit because he got Alavilas kind of doing his his thing, and it's just weird to me that. But then you like going going to like AJ Hinch like nobody's even saying the real the real deal. You know what I mean? No, like it's just a report. Originally, it was a multi-year deal, reported with a second-year opt-out. Yeah, and nobody and sh- nobody shut that down. Now all of a sudden, Ken Rosenthal saying there is no opt-out. Actually, Alavila came out and said there was no opt-out. But then AJ Hinch gets questioned, and he doesn't. He discuss. doesn't really discuss it. He didn't like deny it. He didn't say anything. He doesn't talk about it. It's so, just like so. Why would Alavila come out and say that he doesn't have an opt-out? I, I don't know because he's afraid I don't of think losing, he w- losing I don't, him. Yeah, I don't think he would lie to us necessarily, but I also feel like he's so stupid he might not <laughs> realize it. I really do. Man, I really think that's a possibility. I, I tell you what, he is under more. Uh, he, he's getting more fan scrutiny right now, um, and maybe an undeserved way compared to previous seasons when you could have thrown him under the bus and, and it didn't seem like there was nobody was really calling for his job, but. I, the optimism going into this year and then the failure to live up to that optimism has really thrown the city against him, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, and, and, and it's on his own. He, he's doing it to himself. He was the one that said the rebuild was over. He was the one that said, we're going to start spending money in 2022. And then go get Baez, who's been a huge disappointment. But, like, I mean, when he spends money, it doesn't go well. That's, that's proven. Not just this year. Um, his trades are continuing to be awful. His draft is, I mean, is what it is. It, you can't really dig into that a ton. I mean, he's had his misses. He's had his successes. But then it's like, I don't know. It's just the, the scrutiny is definitely there more than it has been. But it's just it's just a weird situation. And I want to know what's going on. I want to know if he does have an opt-out. Or is that like, I mean, could he just move without an opt-out? I, I don't know all of these rules of what, what he can and can't do. Well, and I just wonder, like, what's going on? Is Is he mad? Does he does he hate working for Avila? And this is his opportunity to be like, hey, it's me or me or him. Let me pick my guy. Yeah. Or I'm gonna walk. Well, and and really like, to me, if they're just losing right now, and but the organization is sound and, and the at the top they have direction, they have a plan. They're saying, okay, it hasn't worked out. There's injuries. There's young players. Like we're just we're gonna weather the storm and move forward. Then I'm not that concerned about it. But what I'm afraid of is this turmoil within the city and the pressure that it's going to put on the the front office here, that they're going to start falling apart within themselves. And when they start imploding inside of the organization, there goes the direction. Then you start making panic moves. Then you start overpaying on a trade. Then you start looking at like trying to get an impact right now guy in the draft when you should think long term about that. And so I don't I don't want that. If if they're if they're going to start being reactive rather than proactive based on this year's record, which I don't care about. I don't care about this year's record. I want the players to come in and get – like I'm looking at this and saying Alex Fiedo and and Joey Brisky. Wentz and Brisky and these yeah. guys that are getting time, this is valuable for the organization long haul. I get – I'm right there with you. I don't want them to lose. I'm not rooting for them to lose, but a lot of this is out of our hands. Casey Mize went down. That, that wasn't anybody's fault. So – do you, do you think the the unknown of of the long term plan, the unknown of Avila, the unknown of Hinch, the unknown of of the the full game plan with, with from the top with with ownership, 
does that start playing into the the role of the locker room with young guys and veterans? Like, you have a weird mix there. But if they don't know if this is their long-term guy, they lose respect for him. And I think, like, the Red Wings kind of ran into that with, with Blaschel, the question of, is he going to come back? How much respect do I give him? Did he lose the locker room? Like, all of those things, like, come into play. Does that happen in baseball? Well, it does with your manager, though, but not not with Al Avila. I mean, he's he's too he should be far enough enough removed where the players have no say over his decision making now aj hinch i don't think he's losing his team i think they still believe in him i think he's he's a likable guy in general if you watch his interviews he's personable i don't think he's losing his team um he can probably play it down just to circumstances but again what i go back to is I'm afraid that the the high end, the top end of the organization, if they are feeling the pressure and they start to panic, and they don't play to their direction, like that. That's what we saw the Lions. It's like they were losing all their games, yeah, but they stayed the course. They played hard. They're doing the right thing. Now, what did they do this year? They go out and get more defense. They get high end, uh, you know, draft players or guys in the draft. Like it seems like they have a direction and they're not breaking from what they're trying to build. Same thing with the Pistons. You could say right now. I mean, they they have a direction. So if the if the Tigers are just saying this is a one off bad stretch of baseball and that we can live with because our direction is right, then I'm then I'm okay with it. But that's that's if you start seeing more and more reports about the turmoil at the top end of the organization, he's done. Alvila is not lasting very long. And it'll be his head, not anybody else. Oh, it, it'll be Avila. Yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, I had a question. Dang it, I hate when that happens. I had I had like a question that was really. Oh, so, sorry, you brought up kind of, like, losing the locker room type stuff, how it's okay what, with what we're doing. They're getting the experience, blah, blah, blah. When does that happen? When when does when do these players start being like, oh, the day again. We got to go through this again. And then it just starts unraveling and just is not productive anymore. Like, I feel like we've gone on – we're not in a bad stretch right now. It's not terrible. It's yeah. not great, but it's not terrible. But – how close are we to that unraveling that could just turn into a disaster where, where you got a guy like Baez who's known to just kind of be a, a cancer in a locker room when things aren't going good? Like, it, I'm just waiting for that to happen, and it's making me nervous. Good. And then you got the, the Eduardo Rod- Rodriguez stuff. You got Austin Meadows who's still out with COVID, and, like, it just seems longer than, than anything. Like, I, yeah. I, like, it's just. Riley Green just got back. I mean, Torkelson's been. Bad to start the year. Yeah, slow. I, again, there's reasons for all this stuff. Optimism is assuming that everybody's playing at the the high end, right? At their capabilities, yeah. and that you, everybody's healthy. That very rarely happens. We saw it for a long stretch with the Tigers, you know, in the early 2010s. But that's not the norm. That doesn't always happen. No, most pitching rotations go through injuries. We've just happened to go through a lot of injuries this year, a, yep. a lot. The majority of our pitchers are injured. Yeah. So how are you supposed to be competitive on a night-in, night-out basis when you guys, you're hoping they go five? Yeah, I guess I'm just not, I'm not necessarily concerned with being competitive. I'm concerned with well, losing, player, getting old. As you know? a player, as a player, do you ever blame yourself for being bad or do you always go to the coaches and say, Some, they are not. I always blame myself. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. So I don't think, I if they're... There are ways for them to escape this and just blame circumstances yeah. because players will blame themselves. Um, 
and and a good manager like AJ Hinch will probably blame himself too. Yeah. So then he tries to take that pressure off. But it, again, if the direction is lost at the the highest end, Avila's gone. Yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see how this year plays out with the unknown of Avila, the unknown of of Hinch in. I guess we can hit cross that bridge when we get closer to the draft. Yeah, we'll see more and more. Yeah. A good, a good second half of the season, everybody's going to say, oh, but did you see their second half numbers? Yeah. Yep. We'll see. Yeah. Johnny, or no, Mike, are you want to go next? What, yeah. What was yours? Yeah, I would love to go next. I want to talk about what the armpit of America truly is, and that is Ohio. More specifically, <laughs> we're talking Cleveland. Ugh. Cleveland doing Cleveland, okay? So they, they trade for Deshaun Watson, which is just – Okay, it, it's not odd, yet it is odd. It's <laughs> right. So it's a very Cleveland thing to do, right? <laughs> so they they have a serviceable, very disgruntled Baker Mayfield, and they decide to bring in Deshaun Watson and really solidify that position. Except Deshaun Watson is having some serious personal issues, right? So he's twenty four. Yeah, two. <laughs> Two I think more than that. It's <laughs> like twenty six. Somehow it's only twenty six lawsuits. Every, every time he settles a lawsuit, another one gets added. Yeah. To it. it's just so insane. yeah. So seemingly every week, you know, there's another lawsuit with this guy coming out, and so it's kind of funny to hear that Baker Mayfield possibly heading to Seattle as of the last twenty four hours. I didn't hear that. Really. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, rumblings on Twitter right now. The Browns are finalizing a trade with the Seattle Seahawks that will send Baker Mayfield to Seattle in exchange for a 2023 third and a 2024 fourth round pick. So they are shipping out, possibly, <laughs> okay, possibly shipping out Baker Mayfield to Seattle, and Deshaun Watson is most likely going to be suspended for the entire year only to pay him a total of 240 mil guaranteed. Well, this year it's, yeah. Right. Yeah. 46 million this year or, yeah. or like however they figured then 1 million it. for the. Only for Jacoby Brissett to start. That, that makes the deal so bizarre. I'll go back to that word. Which, which part, which, which deal? Sorry. The, the guaranteed money oh, in, yeah. in like the complete uncertain scenario and situation he's in. Right. So, so this deal has been out. We, we've all known about it, but just how bizarre is the whole situation why is why would Cleveland even do this? You're you're a fringe playoff team. You bring in someone that has a serious problem. F- and, and meanwhile, you have Baker Mayfield, which look, he was bad last year. He, sure, he also battled injuries all year yeah. long. And they, they like I don't want to like say that they're better than a fringe playoff team, but I think they are better than a fringe playoff team. They I were would, a very good playoff team last two years ago. Until right. uh, Baker Mayfield went through what he did, and the, everything obviously hit the fan with Odell, and just it just wasn't a good year. It went very poorly, and I get that. But man, this team is a lot closer. They, re- which is why you go get a Deshaun Watson and hope for the best. But man, they're getting caught with their pants down. But is it worth it? I mean, it, like, uh, if you were a fan, would you be all about exactly what's happening? I th- like, to give I out think that money. This type of a risk is. As a GM, you put yourself on a spot that if it doesn't work out, that is your head. You are done. 100%. But if it works out, holy smokes, you are a genius. 
You know what I mean? And it start, it, it looks really bad right now. It looks really bad. It looks like it, it's, it has zero chance to succeed. But I'm telling you, there could be, like, what if the NFL considers last year as his one-year suspension? And instead of a two-year suspension, they give him a year plus four games. You think they do plus that? I don't know what the NFL's going to do. I really don't. I mean, you got Roger Goodell, like, testifying in all these other things, including that, I think. Like, he's weird. got so much going on. I'm sure he's going to be so angry that he's wasting his time with all this stuff. Yeah. This BS that the that is, like, on top of the... Deshaun Watson stuff. He's but trying to right. figure out what country to put the NFL in next. He's got more to worry about, and all of a sudden he's in court constantly trying to get, figure out all the drama. It's like he's probably going to be angry and just take it out on, can I, on Deshaun Can I also just bring up like how little value that is for Baker Mayfield, a future third and a future fourth? Yeah, so I did want to connect that. Like, I would do that Yeah, I would, for, for the Lions. I would want the Lions to do that just as a, as a shot in the dark that Mayfield is better than his injury – Last yeah. year, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, honestly, I would be like, yeah, let's take Goff. We'll take Baker. We'll give you two-thirds. That's better than – now you have your quarterback better than bris- Brisket. And now you – you know what I mean? Like, so if Watson's gone, brisket. you got you got Goff brisket. there already. <laughs> little two Scots Brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. I just figured I would make a joke out of that. it. But no, I'm happy you guys aren't Browns fans. Same for myself. Yeah, no, it'd pretty be, easy it'd with be those rough. uniforms. What do you say? It says pretty easy not to be a, br- a Browns uniform. <laughs> yeah, Br- fan, whatever. <laughs> a I uniform. Don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be a turd. Basically, that's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, gotcha. No, that was good. That was uniforms good. are terrible. Um, so w- for my my flight segment that I want to talk about was um, I've, I found this article on the Athletic. It was called Russell Wilson, Tyree Kill, and the best offseason move for all 32 teams. So. I wanted to ask you, and I have it on there, so don't look at it. If you guys looking at the show sheet, which you probably already did and already know what it is, but I don't. What do you think would be the Detroit Lions' best off-season move so far this year? Does this include draft? It includes everything. Best off-season move. I would I would say maybe re-signing um, defensive end. Ed Charles Rushers. Harris. Charles Harris. I think that's really underrated. I think he can get after the quarterback. Uh, it set them up in the draft to go get Aiden Hutchinson and like get a difference maker. But before you go get a difference maker, put all this pressure on a young kid. You need to have a solidified lineup in place. And to me, that was super important. I think that's a really a really good one, John. Do you, do you have one that stands out to you? DJ Shark. That's where I went. DJ Shark, a big body. Downfield threat playmaker for Jared Goff, who needs can't go downfield. Yeah, I mean he can't <laughs> go downfield, and he needs weapons at all costs. So that's where I'm at. I actually agree with you on that. That's the one I would have gone with personally. It was it was DJ. Dang, um, Sam's agreeing with somebody on the show. Yeah, it's, it's risk. No, but like I think that was a huge missing piece. Even before the draft, it was like we need to solidify the wide receiving core. Right, that was a a massive piece that we needed. It, it goes. It goes in the same thought process as Charles Harris, though, too. It right? really they does. They solidified yeah. their 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 edge rushers to then go what? Go get a talented ed, edge rusher and make it better. Yeah. And they solidified their wide receiver core, and then what do they do? And then they go draft a talented wide receiver to make them even better. Yeah, Mike. Would you say it was the Aiden Hutchinson pick? Is that mm, what you were kind of going? No, with? I was actually going to go with your Jamison Williams pick. Yeah. Yeah. Trading up for them, yep. being aggressive. That's actually what it was. So, um, this this uh, writer Chris Burke. Um, nice, Micah. He's he, nice. he. This is what he said. He said, "Let's put this. Let's put it this way: 
if it turns out not to be trading up for Jameson Williams, that will be a massive disappointment for the organization and a setback for GM Brad Holmes. Taking Aiden Hutchinson also needs to pay off, of course, but the move for Williams was an aggressive shot with an eye on the long-term benefits. Detroit has every expectation that Willie expectation that Williams will come back healthy and be a legitimate number one option, at least in terms of how he dictates coverage. It's a potential game changer for an offense that has lacked explosiveness. And that was Chris Burke from The Athletic. Isn't that that funny how anytime people bring up with Williams so far as being a number one wide receiver, they always throw in a little like explanation or caveat saying, oh, in terms of how they have to cover him because he's such an explosive athlete. Because he's not a prototypical number one body type. Yeah. Who who does he have a body type like? Like, who would you compare him to? Like, he's not a Julio Jones, I'm assuming, is what they're telling us? Yeah, not at all. So, what is he? Is he that unknown? Maybe more like a, like a Reggie Wayne, but more athletic. And, like, Reggie Wayne was a number one type, but he, or number one wide receiver as far as production goes, but not body type. Okay. That would be one. Maybe, um, Wide receiver out in Buffalo. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Stephon, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, a little bit like that. Just skinny, fast, but just impacts the game in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, what was your go back to the original? Because I, I, I like derailed the conversation, but no, I, I think that was what we wanted to talk about. Really, it was just like, do you think that that's? Do you think that's the right choice? Do you, like the way he worded it is, if it's not trading up, then it's a huge disappointment. Is that even fair to say? It seems a little unfair. It he well, they moved up to get him because of the impact that we're hoping he has. So I think in his mind if he didn't have the impact then <laughs> if he doesn't have the impact that we're hoping he has on the offense, that means that we traded assets to move up and, and didn't get the production. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, think I, think it's I don't a think the trade point. up I don't think the trade up I don't think we gave up a ton to be like a massive disappointment if he doesn't pay off this year. Yeah. If Josh he doesn't, become a, if he doesn't become a number one, obviously that's a disappointment because you drafted him to be a number one. And if he's not, that sucks. But if he's a number two, it's not that big of a, a, of a deal because you were that desperate for a wide receiver. Like If DJ Chark ends up being number, he one, could be the number one and Williams is like dictating the coverage being the number two, sign me up. I'm good. Yeah. All right, John. You said you had yours. Now I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna click the button here, that's on you, and then I'm gonna start adjusting the camera to try to get this thing dialed in. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I tried to mess around with some of the filters and the settings. Let's see what it looks like up on the big screen when you uh, yeah. step away. But Kyle, we see that your comments are popping up on the big screen as well. Got everybody laughing in the corner. Classic comments. All right. Well, I I want to talk a little bit. I know we're gonna talk about the Pistons and what Damn. happened in the draft. Whoa, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Mm, right there. <laughs> right there. That's better. A little down and then you're good. Okay. Oh. Too far. Right. Oh. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Right, there, right, there, right there. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. All right. You messed up with something. I know. I'm lo- losing my train of thought. <laughs> oh, the NBA draft. All right. All right. So, college basketball is in like a weird place where people aren't trusting the process any longer. Um, March Madness is the money grab. 
there's a lot going on. Arm movements. I'm getting distracted. Just trying to make sure this camera looks all right. I'm blurry up there. It's kind of what I look no, like. No, you're good now. You're it's good. It's kind of what I look like after I leave this podcast <laughs> some nights. You know, if we get too many of them uh, strawberry lemonade shandies in yeah, us. Yeah, when you have to Uber home. Doing it live. Okay, so my big takeaway from the uh, NBA draft is that there were only two players from the G League drafted in the first round. Okay. And two foreign players drafted in the first round out of 30 picks, four players. Uh, so college basketball is uh, putting good players into the NBA uh, where we thought maybe the G League might compete with what college basketball could provide. I think the NIL is going to kind of keep guys in school too and not sign that $500,000 contract um, guaranteed through the G League. We'll see what happens in years to come. That was my takeaway from the draft. It's an interesting point. Both of the international um, prospects that were taken in the first round were both – taller forward uh, like guard types though like ball handlers at six foot ten um which which is interesting so you, they're obviously looking for some type of of impact from the european game to bring over here um i think there's uh, uh it's probably some good reason for it maybe a little down year for prospects is, is uh coming from overseas yeah i think the third player taken out of all those international prospects was uh the the guard that the Pistons took is that the one that they took and traded, or from Bologna, or that they actually got? That that we uh, got. Okay. Thirty six. Thirty six overall. All right. Which I think was part of a trade, right? We moved up from thirty six from forty six. Yeah, I think like we'll that. probably get into that later, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that. Are we good to move on? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. You got the. You got it. What bumper we want to run? Whatever one you want. This is your your show. You can surprise me. If it's not craft this one. beer nope, this one. in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. We're getting right into it. The Pistons. The Detroit Pistons made some noise. Everyone's yeah. started, about and them. It started on Wednesday. And I, I kind of want to start with the, with the Jeremy Grant, Grant trade to Portland. Um, so Wednesday before the draft was Thursday, so it was the day before. Um, the Trailblazers received Jeremy Grant, 46th pick in the 2022 NBA draft, and sent out a 2025 first-round pick from Milwaukee, 36th overall pick in 2022 NBA draft, 2025 second-round pick, and a 2026 second-round pick. In the moment, it felt very underwhelming in my opinion. I was like, all right, what in the world? Why? And, and it was probably my own fault. Everybody was talking, all right, we're, what were we, sixth? We were sixth, right? Fifth. We were fifth overall, Jackie and then the five. other one was seven, right? And Portland was at yes. seven. So, like, that was kind of what people were talking about. And it felt like that's what it needed to be, in my opinion. It was like, all right, get, get, uh, your, this, get, add another top 10 pick, a lottery pick. Like, that's where my head was. And when this trade comes in, it, it was underwhelming. But it was also a, okay, this is the first step of something bigger. And we I don't want to jump all the way to that right now. But what were you guys' initial thoughts when this trade went down? Was it just basically, we knew it, what, we knew it was just the first, first move, the first domino to fall. Is that fair? Yeah. You had to know that, or you had to expect that because it happened the day before the draft. So that meant that he was trying to establish what he had to work with before going into the draft for a reason. Okay. It was either going to be a draft night trade, and if he felt like he wasn't going to get the the type of return on draft night, or if it was too high stakes at that point, then he wanted to set himself up for the the right one. And so this definitely felt like, yeah, the the setup for something bigger. When when I 
when I, when he did it the night before, I was that was another thing that pissed me off. I was like, it felt like the the JD Martinez trade when he traded him two and a half weeks before the deadline. It was like, what in the world for the return that he got too? It's like you could have got that trade two and a half weeks later, but you could have gotten a much bigger tr- yeah piece as well. In my head, and I, I don't know the way the ins and outs work in basketball. In my head, go into the draft with that extra piece and put pressure on somebody to be like, come and get them. And you know what I mean? You can be like, they have to think quicker. You know what I mean? And put them on the spot and be like, Portland, you want them? All right, give us seven. You know what I mean? It felt like if you waited the day and put that pressure on them, they might have done it that way. Now, I don't want to get into what ended up happening yet, but that was my thought was like, it felt like a missed opportunity. You want the assets on draft night. Not the day before, in my opinion. Well, not only that, but but all the cap space. Like they didn't bring a bad contract in return, and so most trades that you would do to to when it's an obvious trade situation, the other team is going to try to relieve their cap space or send yeah. a bad contract over to make things as even as possible. And that was the savvy part of, of the deal. Yeah, absolutely. We had we had forty two to forty six million dollars of open cap space following this deal. Which is unheard of. It was more than double than any other team in the With NBA. With the potential to go up to sixty or something. Yeah, was, like it, right? it's yeah. insane what what we got rid of as far as you're saying, like the opportunity to sign other players. But my first reaction looking at this, I saw the Pistons signed Jeremy Grant. We signed him. We didn't give anything up to go get him. And this was one of the first deals that Troy Weaver did, um, as far as like big name free agents or, or trying to get somebody. He was completely trashed with Jeremy Grant after the signing for being a bad contract, for overpaying for a guy that was a role player. And then he comes on board and he, he establishes himself as a number one. And after the second year, Pistons fans are, are mad because he's taken too many shots. It's like, man, you guys are short-sighted. He established himself as a number one. We get a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and swapping 10 picks ahead of time in this year's second round for a guy that we signed to an act, to a good deal like a, a team friendly contract 2 years ago and the fact that it was still team friendly is what made it possible to move on exactly and portland didn't have to dump so it was the long game 2 years ago it was the long game it, it was it was his foresight of what Jeremy Grant could end up being mm-hmm. and then the return that he could get back and again first round pick and two second rounds and then also moving up in in the second round this year like that is I don't know. Just for signing a guy for twenty million a year. Yeah, John. What were what were your initial thoughts when when that trade went down? Well, I think a few weeks ago, maybe months ago, we thought Jeremy Grant was worthy of a first overall or first round pick, like straight up for this year's draft. So we were looking for takers. Portland seemed to be the popular one. They were w- looking to bring Jeremy Grant on board. What we found out is he wasn't a value for a top first round pick, especially a lottery pick at seven. Um. I wasn't cool with getting a, a pick in 2025. I want something that we can build around Cade right yeah. now ASAP. Um, obviously, uh, we saw that that changed uh, draft night. So, luckily, uh, we were able to capitalize off that trade. And um, I think what Troy Weaver ended up doing with what we got um, is going to make a big splash with this team. It was a little bit of the Thunder um, scenario where they're just collecting as many assets as they can get and – it, as they build their team, now in the future when they need their, their guy, the perfect fit that will complement the rest of their team, they have plenty of draft picks on on the back end to be able to be like, yep, I can sweeten any deal you need. And so that was the theory of, of the Pistons coming back with more more of that, um, I don't know, collection of draft picks. It's just rare in the NBA these days to see a lot of like, 
I guess you could consider Jeremy Grant a veteran player in the NBA drafted or traded on draft night these days. Like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen as much anymore. And like you said, usually when it is, it's somebody that you're dumping a contract on and you're paying a little bit of it and you're going to release the guy. Um, so I get, I don't know, at least we went into the draft with a little bit of ammunition in our pocket yeah. with that pick. Um, but it would have been cool to, yeah, like you said, not see that trade happen the night before and then like kind of give your hopes up going into the draft. Yeah, so let's, let's move on to, to draft day, if, that, if that's cool. Mike, did you have yeah. look like you were about to No. No? Nope. Um, so first round's going. Um, biggest surprise was Paulo Benchero. Is that Benchero? Benchero. Benchero. I've heard both ways. Um, out of Duke, drafted first overall. Everybody was talking about um, Jabari Smith going one, basically up until – two hours before the draft, and then it started to really become obvious what was going to happen, right? I mean, it was minutes before the draft. Yeah. I mean, minutes before that pick came in. I, I mean, I watched the draft live, but that's when Woj dropped that first bomb of the night. Yeah. It was that um, Orlando was looking at Paolo Bancaro, even though they didn't work him out. That was the crazy story behind it, too. I don't, was, I don't understand that. I don't either. <laughs> that's so dumb. So that makes you think that maybe uh, it's intentional at that point, right? Let's not work this guy out. Let's let everybody think we're taking somebody else Why? and then throw guess, off the board. Yeah, I guess I just don't understand the value in that unless unless they were trying to find a way to trade back. That's the only thought, I guess. That's possible. And if nobody's bought into it, they're like, no, you, you're not taking if they thought Jabari Smith. If they thought Jabari Smith was the highest value and, and then they wanted to see if anybody would play that game and move up, Yeah, I could see that. And in the end, they really wanted Paolo anyways. Yeah, they just yeah. take who they wanted. Um, next was Chet Holmgren. Holmgren. I'm saying all these names wrong, and I know them. I've heard it both part. ways. Hol- Chet- Holmstrom? <laughs> yeah, Holmstrom. Chet Holmstrom. <laughs> he said uh, it both ways. Out of Gonzaga. Uh, he went to the Thunder at two, and then Jabari Smith uh, went three to the Rockets. I, I never, uh, okay, sorry, so, yeah, jump. Yeah, real quick. Before we get into the next, because that's kind of, again, where the draft quote started. started um, I really think that the Rockets would have been better off getting Paolo. And I think they really missed an opportunity. I know they got Jabari Smith, and he's super talented. I would have loved him on the Pistons too. But I, I there's a there's an element to that team that they need some stability. And Paolo is is like the most stable prospect that could have been that point forward and control the ball and be a decision maker on that team that they really really missed out on. I think the the Rockets might be really disappointed with getting possibly the most talented player in the draft. Which is a weird situation to be in. Yeah, so then the, the Kings at four ended up going with Keegan Murray out of Iowa. Another which, Woj bomb. Uh, another surprise, I another think. Another Woj bomb. Yeah. Because that was not expected whatsoever. Keegan everybody, Murray was Everybody not, thought it was Ivy. Was not supposed to go to but Sacramento. The, yeah, but there were some like rumblings about that they were trying to do the same type of thing that we think uh, Magic were doing at one was, no, we're going to take Ivy. We're going to take Ivy to try to get the Pistons to be like, all right, we'll trade up and actually get Ivy. It, that's what they, we talked about last to week. Mess with all it was, and the and the Knicks and the Knicks. The New York Knicks, Knicks well. wanted Jade and Ivy in the worst way, and they couldn't come up with a package to swap with Sacramento. Yep, but. they were trying to trade up to four, and that that was the cat and mouse game that we were talking about last week. Yeah, the reports were well, Ivy did not want to go to Sacramento, which I wouldn't either. Yeah, so. He didn't want to go there, but but as the as the Kings organization, like you have to pick the best player available for your team and work it out, get a great relationship, and build something. They they wanted. It sounds like they wanted Keegan Murray, but we're playing that game 
talking about how much they love Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. And then the Pistons played it right back and said, oh, man, we're in love with Keegan, Keegan Murray. Murray. Yeah. Like, this is the guy we really want. Yep. Knowing that if they were to trade back in the draft, who they really wanted to slip and fall to them, the Kings, would be Keegan Murray. So if they were to be able to trade back at, in, at number six or seven, get Keegan Murray – that would have been best case scenario for them, but they could not take that chance because they wouldn't get their guy. Yeah. So they had to pick him at four, leaving the Pistons at five. For sure. So then there the Pistons sit. They got Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels on the board. It was one of those it was one of those Aiden Hutchinson picks where you you, you take that player you run. faster than, than than the league wants you to. You run for so many reasons. And Jaden Ivey, the sophomore out of Purdue, six four. Seems like a good running mate for for what we were running with with Cade. Perfect, perfect running mate. What Kyle's got a comment on this? What what did he say? He said the Pistons got the best player in the draft. You think that's true? There's there's a lot of opinions that are very similar to that. Yeah. Where look and and we talked about this early on. The Pistons at number five got the first guard taken in the draft in a guard heavy dominant league. Yeah. Like, I, there's there's plenty of opportunity for him to be the best player in this draft. So, real quick, last week we did an exercise kind of pulling up uh, the the anonymous scout, right? Um, and what, what people were saying. This is what the, that article said about Jaden Ivey. Best athlete in the draft. He's an explosive like Russell Westbrook or John Wall. He's going to be able to get downhill at will. He was able to bail himself out of the co- at the college game, although I'm not sure that works up here. He put so much pressure on the defense. With his speed, he's not a great shooter, but he's improved. People want to know if he can be a full-time point guard because he played a lot off the ball. The one concern would be the lack of ball skills. He's not a point guard, but, man, he's so athletic. Those guys succeed. He'll be a better NBA player than a college player. Now, Cade is our true point guard, right? He will be the one playing on the ball, but I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily fair. Either I think Jaden Ivy can play on the ball, from what I've I've heard like on Sports Talk Radio, um, it just seems like a good fit. You got two really good players that will th- th- that are okay with not having the ball in their hands all the time, and I think that's really important when you're building a run like your duo. You got to have two unselfish guys, and I feel like that's another thing that Jaden Ivy does a good job. He's not selfish. It, well, and when when a guy like this is writing a scouting report, it's a general scouting report for the whole league. So if you are a team that is looking for your floor general, no, you're right. He's not a Cade Cunningham. He's not the guy that you want to make every decision. Like West, w- Russell Westbrook was a really great running mate for Kevin Durant back in the day. But you didn't necessarily want him being your best player on the floor. You wanted Durant to make a lot of those decisions. So in this case, it's similar to Jaden Ivey. Cade Cunningham can make that decision. But also, Killian Hayes, is he's known for like what he's best at is a, a playmaker. Somebody who doesn't necessarily want to shoot the ball, but loves setting up his teammates. So perfect running mate for not only Cade, but I would say the same thing for Killian. Yeah. It, it's only going to make both of their combinations better when they're on the floor. John, right pick? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I jumped out of my seat. I was worried because Detroit let the clock run all the way down before oh, that pick they? came in. I thought I heard that they went quick. My bad. No, it was live. It was uh, dramatic. It's like, man, what are they doing? Don't tell me they're trading back. We got this opportunity. You cannot screw this up. Um, his reaction, being drafted by the Pistons, tells you all you need to know about the guy. Um, he's ready to come play. I think with Cade – 
each other's flaws are the other's like strengths on the floor and that's going to mesh well in the backcourt you need that I, you saw it with golden state this year you need guard play you need guys that can score that can get to the bucket and that can make shots Cade's a great shooter he's a great facilitator those are kind of some of the weaknesses for for ivy but he can he can drive and he can score from anywhere on the floor and he's going to be the best athlete out there best athlete in combination with being long and athletic you got a, you got Cade Cunningham, six 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 seven. Nobody really knows, but six seven point guard. Then Jaden Ivey, shooting guard at six four six five. You got Killian Hayes, point guard off the bench six five. Those are your small guys, and then and then you get into your forwards. Like Hamadou Diallo would be another guard type off the bench. I mean, if we hold on to him, yeah. uh, Corey six, Joseph six seven. Yep. Yeah, Corey Joseph is at this point just a, a veteran. Right? I think like with K too, he's probably not the quickest guy. He can't match up with the the opposing team's quickest guard on defense. Jaden Ivey fills that void. He's faster. He's going to be more athletic than any any guy you throw at him. And that's I mean every tip of the of the game. It's. I don't know. I, I was ecstatic. It's the only pick he could have taken. Right I, there. I want to bring it back again, though, to last week. And what did we say? We said, this is Troy Weaver we're talking about, who has a reputation now, and he's been true to his reputation every step along the way. He gets high-character people first. He drafts people, the person, and not the player. So he looks at the player second and says, would they be a great fit? Yeah, sure. Jaden Ivey is a great fit for all the reasons we're saying, but even more than that, he's willing to work. He's he knows what he wants. He's he's got a part of a a professional sports heritage with his entire family. Yeah. Um he has super just a a perfect fit when he's defense first. You know, like his first interview they were talking about what are you going to bring to the floor right away? He's like defense, on the ball defense. Uh, tenacity, competitiveness, like those are the words that Troy Weaver just loves. Like any competitive athlete like that, that has also the athletic upside to go, you know, just, I don't know, sky's the limit. So as the the, the draft kind of panned out here, you got the Matherin going to the Pacers, Sharp going to the Blazers, Dyson Daniels to the Pelicans, Socon. Good, good pick for them. Socon to the Spurs. Kermis, yeah. Um, Johnny Davis went 10 to the Wizards. I think as he was walking up to the stage, he actually – Stopped and went to Taco Bell, right? Isn't that what happened? Stupid Johnny commercial. Davis? Yeah, what a stupid Did he commercial. do that? No, that's what the commercial was. Oh, yeah, he was getting paid for that beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then It's Jeremy Sohan, by the way, for Baylor. Thank you. Um, I'll learn it if I need to. You won't need to. No. All right, and then uh, let's just move on to where the next thing happened at 13. Um, sh- the Detroit Pistons traded up. I guess it's not really trading up, but traded the rights and got all the... It's very confusing. But anyways, sh- with the Charlotte Hornets or Bobcats? What are they now? They're the Hornets again. Hornets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. They gave up a 2023 first-round pick from Denver via Oklahoma City in New York. Very confusing. Um, a 2023 second-round pick via New York. A 2023 second-round pick via Utah. A 2023 second-round pick most favorable of the Dallas Miami and a 2024 second round pick via New York Knicks. Detroit receives the 2022 draft rights to Jalen Duran. Yeah. Along with Kemba Walker from New York. Now it sounds like they've already had an agreement to part ways and do the buyout thing, which is another um feather in the cap of of Weaver trying to you know, having that flexibility to take on that contract um, and get this type of deal done. And they end up with Jalen Dern. Thoughts on, on Jalen Dern? 
Can I just read it real quick? You want to read what it, what it says? Well, it's kind of a perfect just the you very actually really just like the very beginning. It just says man child freak of nature. That's that's the beginning of his description. So that, that was that was here. also from the article that we pulled up last week the the miscellaneous He's 18. Anonymous. He's the youngest He's youngest player in this draft. He He's reclassified 18. as a high schooler. As a high schooler to go to Memphis a year early just like uh And he is Imani a full Gates. grown man. Yeah. He has the muscle mass of of uh our other center on the on the Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. Last time there was an eighteen-year-old that that looked like that. It was Greg Oden, wasn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> no. the dude. No no, 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 no. I just mean like old. Like he looks like yeah. he's filled out. Greg, like Greg, Greg Oden. Greg could never run up and down the court. He was pulling up. He was just, he was just jogging. Like Greg, he got lucky. Yeah. He got he lucky to get back on defense. Greg Oden already had a beer gut. Like I don't. It yeah. was yeah. It was different. It was a different athleticism. <laughs> so so there's nothing but upside to this guy, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, fit, I mean, straight up physical specimen. At the age of 18, he's still going to grow. This is Troy Re- Weaver doing what he did two years ago. He drafted Killian Hayes with the first pick in the first round. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's this guard. Well, we see what we got out of him. And then he snuck back in and got Sadiq Bey in the first round. And now we got Jalen Duran, different, obviously different player, whole different line of skill sets. But he's going to be our interior guy. He's going to be our lob dunker. He's going to be our rebounder. And he's gonna hustle. He's a, he's a, he's an athlete. He's an athlete, and he's a grown man out there. So some of his lob dunks at Memphis, as a uh, again as a seventeen and eighteen year old, basically playing in college basketball, were insane. Just the way he he finishes around the rim, um, he he doesn't even know himself yet. Like he's gonna continue to just develop and grow his skill set. But he's six eleven with a seven foot five wingspan, and you would never oh, know so it. He, that that's like. Basically, Chet Holmgren's wingspan. But he's got he's got seventy five pounds on Chet Holmgren. Yeah, he's two hundred fifty pounds already. He's eighteen years old. Holy smokes! He also shut Chet Holmgren down in their NCAA tournament matchup, Memphis and Gonzaga. Um, got blocked a couple times on his own too. But that yeah. was that was a great that was a great like statement game. And and believe me, Chet knows that. Chet re- will remember that. And this is going to be. In my opinion, they're going to be comparing themselves to each other here for the long term. Especially because there's a connection between Detroit and OKC. That's where Troy Weaver came from. So, like, I don't know. They still draft the same way in OKC. Detroit's making the same kind of moves. I think OKC has, like, 12 picks in the first round in the next, like, four years. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. And, and they can't even do that. Like, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's literally. Draft capital. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they do have a good thing going. I think they also had a really good draft this year. I, I don't know. I'm not a huge Chet Holmgren fan. I'm just glad he went there and he didn't fall to five. Um, but Jalen Duran is going to be the best pick of the night, I personally think, in the first round. Um, for Detroit to sneak up in there, they're going to have to pay a little bit of money for Kemba Walker to leave. You're going to dump that contract, and you're still just going to have a young core for the next four or five years to come of solid basketball players. So he's a he's a long athlete. He actually takes long strides as he runs down the court. He's not Isaiah Stewart's got the short, choppy steps, and it's he's able to like move around on defense. Jalen Duren's going to have a growing curve here where he where he's going to be he's going to have to learn how to shuffle his feet a little bit quicker. Um but again, he's 18 years old. Are you concerned about his motor? That's one thing that that no. was talked about. No. You no, think no. that's an overrated thing? O- overrated. Yeah. Is that just a, a young learning curve type thing? And and coach driven thing. So I think I think Jalen Duren is one of those guys that has always been able to get away with everything and set guys up for the big block and uh, some other things, some bad habits that you learn in AAU. And I, I, with Penny Hardaway at 
Memphis, I think you can get away with that a little bit more. It's also glorified AAU. At, yeah, a little it's bit. It's very unorganized yeah, it's where in he, Memphis. That, that's where he came from, that, yeah. that same atmosphere. So he Penny works more about like skills and, and trying to get better to develop you for the pro game rather than having a, an organized team that wins basketball games. Did, did Jarrett actually have like something that, that contributes to the – the conversation there, I saw. Or is he just about being peaking, smart? peaking one year too early? I don't know. He's giving us some Detroit Piston jokes. What do you call twelve millionaires sitting around the TV watching the NBA Finals? Everybody De- except for yeah, the Detroit Pistons players. Yeah, I don't know. Is he a Orlando Magic fan? Right, he's down that way. He, I. Or, I or, can't does, keep up or does with he that. just root for Golden State only? I probably think he's Golden a, State. Probably yeah. a trail bit, Trailblazers fan. Big Draymond Green fan. I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's talking about uh, that Detroit peaked maybe one year too early. Next year has that kid who looks insane for the first pick. Kind of wish Pistons could maybe compete for that. Who knows? Maybe they will. So there must be somebody that there's is a stud coming through this year. Yeah, there's a stud so. coming from Europe who's a, a big point forward and like I don't know, better prospect than Chet Holmgren is what people were saying. But you know what though? Mark it down every single year. Once the draft is done, everybody's gonna be talking about. Oh, you should see the the, the talent in next year's draft. Yeah, it hardly ever works out that way. Well, they, they said that about Cade Cunningham's draft too. Like, oh, this is this is maybe a little top heavy, but not very deep. And then. I don't know. You get guys like Scotty Barnes at number four, who had an amazing year, and um, you know we know what Cade Cunningham did, and he was third in in rookie of yeah. the year voting. Like, give me a break. They they'll, they'll say that every single year. What did what did Jarrett say? Seven foot one or two or something? What was that? Wemben Yama. Yep. Um, if you haven't seen his clips, enjoy. Just insane. Seven foot one or two is better than Chet and Young. Trey Young. Trey Young. Dimitri Young? Dimitri. It's got to be Dimitri Young. <laughs> I remember Dimitri Delman. Young. Better than remember, Delman. Remember even. when Delman Young was in left field and was just like... Yeah, the short choppy stuff. just like took such random routes to that ball. Oh, man. It was so funny. Remember when Dimitri hit three bombs on opening day? Oh, yeah. I do remember that, actually. What year was that? That was... Probably 2005. Was it? Six, maybe even? Because he wasn't on 06, was he? Yeah, I don't know. Right around that time. Yeah, no, I just didn't. I liked, have a, I liked this both draft. Didn't have a clear number one. Kate was so clear that it was nice to have a number one. This one, eh. Next. Next year, the number one seems legit. Number one, so not every year. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. No, I, I I agree that Kate was the the better best. I would rather get number one overall last year than this year for sure. Yeah, it, it also comes Especially down when to you team can get fit. A guy like Jaden. It also comes down to team fit. So, who knows? Um. So. I think we really like it. Is this the perfect duo, or would you have been okay with taking Matherin at at five and pairing him with somebody else that that was available? Um, when like let's use that thirteen, like Ochi o, 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 Agabi or whatever. Like he was a big name, right? Like, Abaji. Abaji. Yeah. Like, like from, would you guys have rather Kansas? either of those guys? Like, like the Matherin or Abaji? No, no, type? no. I think like yeah. this is it. Did land? Per- I know everybody's saying like this is the perfect draft. They had just about a perfect draft. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm pretty sure those were the two names on highest up on his board. Yeah. Weaver's board going into the draft. I think that was broken news like following the first round. Troy Weaver said he had seven guys that he loved. Seven seven players in the draft that he loved. And near the top or at the top were the two guys that he got. So, so sorry, go ahead. Well the, so what we see is upside and, and not every you know, like Abaji is twenty-two years old. Um, 
what's his name? Matherin. Matherin's like 20 years old or something. Okay. But some of these other guys might be a little bit older. Um, it it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean no upside when you're that age. But in this case, there is so much more upside to a guy like Jaden Ivy because of the athletic potential. And at this level of freak athleticism, we haven't seen many people fail. There haven't been many guys that move like him. And we're talking like Westbrook. We're talking um, John Wall. I don't even think is a good enough example because he's more athletic than John Wall. Okay. So we. Uh, John Morant. John Morant's the other yeah. one that everybody's Derek, talking Derek about. Derek Rose. I mean, you early, you early Derek Rose. Yeah, you definitely don't want those knee issues that come with it. But I don't foresee him. I don't know. I just, I just don't think he's that same type of player. Yeah. Where he's trying to just dunk every time he's going to the hoop. I think he's just trying to get to the hoop and get an easy bucket. So the Pistons wrapped up the draft at 36, getting Gabriel Presida forward out of Italy via the Trail Blazers trade that we already talked about. I think it's Gabriel. Gabriel, sorry. Yeah, what, I'm just kidding. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> it's Gabriel Prochida. 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 Uh, what do you guys think of this guy? Sounds like a cheater. <laughs> He's a pro, though. Yeah. He's a pro cheetah. <laughs> I think they said he was the best <laughs> pure shooter in the draft. Um, so not, is that not, is not best shooter right now, like numbers, like across the board. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's the be- has the best upside, best he, shooter in the draft. He has a, I mean, if you watch his tape, you'll see right away he has a beautiful shooting stroke. He looks like he just is going to hit every shot he takes. He's one of those guys. Cool. Um, he's big. He's like six foot seven, six eight, and he's got a ton of athleticism. He dunks over people sometimes. So this is a guy that might stand in in the corner for you and spread the floor, which. Look, with the the Pistons uh, roster they have right now, that is absolutely another type of guy that you want to have. Um, but he has, he has even more potential than that because he's got playmaking ability, athleticism, and probably uh, good enough defense to get by. So uh, Kyle Boone came out with his draft grades uh, with Ivy, Duran, and Prasida. He gave – um, he gave the Detroit Pistons a grade A+. Plus. This is what he said. He said, Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and Cade Cunningham are going to be playing basketball on the same court together. Oh, okay. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that sound you hear in NBA League, past fans weeping with excitement. That didn't, sound you hear is NBA fan. NBA. Um, yeah, that was hard to yeah. read. Uh, didn't expect Ivey to fall past four, but Detroit right, rightly scooped. Him up. Wow. Why Is this as hard as it is? I'll, I'll read it. Didn't right, expect thanks, Ivy to fall past number four, but Detroit rightly scooped him up at five, solidifying its backcourt for the future. Then grabbing a high flyer in Duran ensures this team will have a lob target to set up Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivy for success. Brochita is a stash candidate, but could pay dividends down the road. This team is going to be so much fun. Grade? A plus. A plus. I've never seen an A plus before. That's that A plus good. reading right there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had to make up for it. <laughs> I lowered the curve. <laughs> <laughs> I got a seventy-five. Flatten um, the curve. All right, so perfect. So wh- what's next? What's next for the Pistons? Do you want him to be aggressive? Do you go out and, and make a trade for for somebody? Do you do you sit patiently and keep that cap space and wait for the next right piece? Like, what do you guys want to do? Because I feel like you could see it going multiple ways, but I don't know which way to go. Can I can I start by saying I've been listening to as many Troy Weaver interviews as I can get? And is, it, is and that what you listen Casey. to to put you to sleep or no? Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> I can't get the, through him. Oh my gosh! Oh, I know he's such a bo- rough listen. He's the most boring guy to listen to, but he I feel like he gives little nuggets here and there. Yeah. 
he, him and Dwayne Casey both bring up Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay every time they talk about the team's future. Yeah. And, and leadership on the team. And so I think when I know that you'll see some of these uh, projected starting lineups and Jalen Duran's in there at center. Give me a break. Yeah. Kate Cunningham didn't start right away. Like, not right away. Well, he was injured, but. Yeah, but his first but game in, he, he came off the bench. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. So, like, why why do we think Jalen Dern is going to start game one when we have a guy like Isaiah Stewart who is already looked at as, like, his energy and toughness is kind of what's defining part of this team along with Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham and Killian and all those guys that are try-hard on defense. He's going to be the starting center, and, and I just think that's a little nugget because as this team moves forward, I think those guys that he drafted in his first draft are part of the long-term plans for this team. All right. I don't know where I was going with that. So what do we want to do next? Oh, that's the reason why. <laughs> free agency. I think that's what you were talking about, right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, is there is there a free agent that you guys want? I've, I mean, heard, prior, I've heard. Yeah, prior to the draft, DeAndre Ayton's name was being popped up in a lot of conversations in Detroit. It seems to be quiet now. Um, Yeah, quiet way down. Cause, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you're going to overpay for the guy no matter how you look at it. He's yeah. a center. You can't be passing out that kind of money Max to a center. Deal. Yeah. Um, now you got, yeah, you got Duran, you got Isaiah Stewart, and you got Marvin Bagley, and you got three bigs that you can rotate. Not all three need to be playing by themselves. You can match up two with two. Um, we got Kelly Olenek to hit some threes off the bench too. Like, yeah, the, the team at the big man spot is is doing just fine right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean now Detroit's got some depth. Um, depending on what what kind of guard packages you want to run out there, it's going to be interesting. I think those guys are going to inter swap at the center based off of who they're playing. If you want to run a little bit smaller uh, lineup, I think Isaiah Stewart's a little bit shorter than Duran, maybe. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart's like six eight, six nine. Um, even. and yeah, I I don't. I don't really care for Dern to start the season on the floor. I'd rather see him on the bench, honestly. I think Marvin Bagley has enough uh, skill set out there that can buy him a little bit of time. Um, but free agent-wise, I mean, the only other thing they're maybe missing is another, I don't know. Shooter? Yeah, a, a scorer, forward maybe. The, for, um, the forward seems to be the spot. I've I've heard uh, Miles Bridges' name pop yeah, up Yeah, what do you think about times. that one? Like, It almost seems like this <laughs> It seems like a weaker – free agency class it's like you don't want to go give a guy max money right now because you're about to hopefully you have guys that you got to give max money to on your team already here in the next couple of years yeah you gotta you gotta save a little coin for that you have to plan on that happening because you can't hold on to this nucleus and, and not fork over some money in three to four years to lock these guys up long term yeah and is jalen duran and, and isaiah stewart are they going to be okay waiting four years if you go sign like a deandre Ayton to start for four years I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that's going to go over well with them. Yeah. So I agree. I think it's more forward related. Um, some of the talks, and this was hinted a little bit from the Pistons organization, is that they might target veteran leadership type of guys, one-off contracts, and not go make a big splash with uh, with one of the top free agents. And I think that's a good approach because you don't fully know what you have with your team right now it's such a young core you're not quite sure so maybe let them develop let let them answer that question long term so in one to two years when you have still a ton of money to spend on free agency you will get the right guy and you're not trying to guess right now how your team is going to look and fit together we haven't seen Cade and Jaden play together let's figure out what the weaknesses are on this team and fill that hole when it's needed and it's all exciting right now it feels really exciting that we can maybe take a nice step forward, blah, blah, blah. Let's just be patient. 
Because as soon as we wrap up that cap space, use that cap space, we're not as flexible as we have been. You need to be able to use that cap space to make trades. Either that or you're giving up a, a bad contract, right, to make these big trades. So you got to have one or the other. We don't have a ton of big contracts anymore, at least guys that we want to move on from or are going to want to move on from anytime soon. So keep that cap space. Keep your flexibility. Look, if they go get Miles Bridges, it'd be really exciting. It would pump the excitement. It really would. It would. But it just doesn't seem like the right time. It seems like just keep the flexibility, keep the cap space, and move on with what you got. You got these young guys, let them, let them go do it. We haven't said his name. We said his name last last week, Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers, I yeah. think he's going to fill a lot of holes for this team. I think people will be surprised how often he plays, how I many I think people were surprised how much he played last year. Down the and, stretch. Yeah, and he played well. He was a big piece for some of those wins that we didn't want to get. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a team-first guy who could play defense and hit threes. So that, that fits in a lot of different lineup scenarios. Yeah, I mean, they're deep right now. So anything you add is a bonus, and like you said, it's going to cut into somebody else's minutes and maybe jumpers, you know, shots taken in a game. So it's got to be the right move. Um, I, I just, I with you, Sam. Let's the let let's see the summer league play out. Let's see how guys mesh on the floor before we start handing out that coin. Let yeah, I I think this time last week we would probably say, yeah, let's go get a guy. Let's go get a guy. Yeah, I mean, Aiton, it's so it's it's, a, it's so appealing, you know. But we weren't drafting size with that fifth pick. Like, we, there, yeah. there's no way we were going to draft a center or anybody, you know, even a, a legitimate big down low. And uh, to steal Duran, I mean, I, like you said, it's it's a good uh, waiting game. Good time to sit back and see what happens. <laughs> that was the quietest drop. <laughs> Dude, a real a real drop. Though those aren't really drops. The the real drops are on top. Can you imagine Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham all in the court at the same time? Follow us say? on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. Sorry, Sam. It's on. Uh, you cut me off there. I'm going to continue my thought. Micah's, <laughs> Micah's mic is on for the record. I, we did Man. not cut him off. He's just he's no, just saving it, up for what we're gonna talk about next. Yeah, absolutely. Pistons isn't my talk. I'm not nah. gonna step into the wrong ring here. I'm listening. Me and Ryan will just uh, you yeah. guys. <laughs> we didn't leave. Well, an hour under the <laughs> yeah. podcast at the end. So, all right, Red Wings. We want to talk a little bit about them. Uh, the NHL Finals uh, are done. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche um, for winning. They're a fun team to watch. I really liked them. They're I like the team. Very I'm good. Moved on from the jersey. I don't ha- hate the Avalanche. I hate Toronto. I hate Chicago. Those are the teams that I hate. I hate Pittsburgh right now. You hate Toronto? I do. They're my second favorite now, team. Now, hold on. I hate Yes. Like if it's if <laughs> like they're like one of my teams that I'm going to sit and watch a game, I'm going to hate on them when I'm when I'm watching the Red Wings. I really like Toronto. I like the team that they have right now. Um just the Matthews. I love Matthews. I love Matthews. I love. Uh, He's couple, so sick. I can't think of their other players right now. But so good. I like John Tavares. Yeah. I know he hasn't really succeeded there, but I really like him too. Um, but yeah. So hold on. But I hate Chicago. I will always hate Chicago. That is my, probably my least favorite team. Why do you hate Pittsburgh right now? Because they still they literally made the worst day of my life almost oh, in, okay. in sports world. Second right. worst That's day in my sports world life. It's legit. But no, it's probably number one, my number one worst sports day. Well, yeah. It, you had a different hope. Because I was at the game. Yeah. I get. Yeah. It really sucked. 
What were we talking about? Something about Red Wings. Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Oh. Um, all right. So I, I do want to talk a little bit about the, the documentary that came out uh, yesterday. Uh, one o'clock, ESPN in perfect fashion. One o'clock on a Sunday. Let's let's air something that people want to watch. Well, uh, awful they do timing. Right. Awful. Terrible, terrible idea. A stupid, stupid time to do it. But we could re restream it if, or whatever. Stream it. We want to call um, when we decide to watch it, which was good. What'd you think of the documentary? Unrivaled. E sixty. Not a thirty for thirty. It was an E sixty for the record. Got to make sure we get that uh, get out of the way. First of all, I got the blood pumping again. Because I, I remember quite a few things like it was yesterday, and then there were quite a few things I didn't remember, and then quite a few things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everyone that watched it was just waiting for the moment when Darren McCarty just grabbed Claude and everything ensued. I, I Like, you were just going, okay, is it going to be, like, in five minutes? Yeah. Like, what what, what are we expecting? And they, they actually did a really, really good job building the story from when it started a year prior. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't know, go watch. Go watch what happened. For a lot of you young kids or younger generation, you've probably never even heard of it or saw it. Yeah. So go watch it. It was it was they did a, such a great job, I, and I think ESPN does a really good job with their documentaries. Usually it's the thirty for thirties. This I guess was the E sixty. I don't know the difference, but we'll we'll just save that for another day. Um, but what I really liked about it was, I thought I thought the for for the most part there were some things that I was disappointed with. I, we'll get into that here in a minute. But what I liked was I thought they did a great job telling the story from the beginning. Like you said, it was not. Just all of a sudden, these guys hated each other. It was right. a work in prog- progress. And and I, starting off with the whole thing, like when they said Claude Lemieux won the Consmite Trophy in 95 against the Red Wings when he was on New Jersey, I was like, yeah. didn't know that. Uh, no idea. But that, I would hate that guy too if I was a Red Wing <laughs> so that, that day. I didn't know he had been a pest and in the league for that long. Yeah. I had not a clue. Well, he, I mean, he won a cup with Montreal yeah, and then he won a cup that. with. New Jersey, and then I think two cups with Colorado. Maybe one with Colorado. doesn't matter. But, like, yeah. And then all of a sudden he was the, the most hated guy in hockey for a long time. And then he did what he did to Draper and kind of got stuff going. Well, I was just going to say until, what, Todd Bertuzzi? Right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Todd Bertuzzi <laughs> kind of took that from him. Well, I guess Al – or not Al McKinnon. Who was the Donald Brashear, uh Mick Sorley? He was, he was up there, too. Oh, he was yeah. the one that hit – Donald Brashear in the head. <laughs> that was dirty. That was dirty. That was very dirty. Mick Sorley was known for being a dirtbag, too. But um, <clears throat> Kyle uh, mentioned the uh, Shanahan meeting Wah at, like, game speed. That oh, was, that was, was quite so the collision. Cool. The that collision. I, in the, the, the pictures that this, like, the, they would talk to the, the photographer during the, the documentary, and, like, he's literally in the middle of all of it. Just, it, he had such cool shots. That picture of... Uh, McCarty, everybody knows it. McCarty with Lemieux turtling. You got Vernon in the back skating. You got Shanahan, which it was and, cool because and like foot right behind us. <clears throat> yeah, because and uh, this is something. Another thing that I learned yep. was Foot and Shanahan were like squaring with each other, like they were just holding each other back, letting everything happen. But then Shanahan saw behind him somehow that that Wah was coming to help Lemieux, and Shanahan pushes him off. And turns and starts going and wah wow, full speed they like jump in there. It's one of the coolest things and that that brawl just in general. Um, but sorry, go ahead. What are you gonna, well, you're gonna I, ask I, I, we're jumping way too far ahead. I think too quick. But 
I didn't realize how many fights went on for the rest of the game after that. Oh my gosh, it's it's it, insane. That was that was like one of the starting. Like there were a couple little brawls. Then yeah. there was the big one, yep. and then it was just one after another. They oh. they fast forwarded and showed every single clip of the fights for the rest of that game. It was absolutely insane. It was brutal. Yeah, Shanahan uh, and Foot went. I think I think McCarty got in another fight. Oh yeah, I'm pretty he sure he did. Yeah. He actually that was his only five minute major of the of the game because he didn't get one for the, the first, first initial fights. He didn't get a five minute major. He got like a four minute some like technical penalty or something like that. <laughs> I don't even, even know. Get, he literally need him in the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he was yep. kneeing him as yep. his head's next There's to the blood on the Comerica <laughs> sign for uh, uh, where the bench was. It was absolutely insane what what happened and and the fact that I mean we all know that uh, all right McCarty went on to score. The game and, winner and we don't need to tell people the story that we that we all just witnessed and saw when we were kids. But like, well, another thing that I, I thought was interesting was the fact that the Avs thought we started it, and and, that, and we kind of did that. Kozlov, yes. What Kozlov did was dirty. So for the people that missed it, but like, Kozlov took Adam Foot's head and smashed it. Like so, they were like kind of skating, and he just kind of like turned and grabbed it. And threw his head up against the boards, and he was like, he had like forty stitches in his head that earlier in the game before the, or it might have been earlier in the I season it was like series eight or something. to ten stitches or something. No, it was twenty. It, I thought they no, said no. The guy said if it, if it's it was more le- than ten, if it's more than ten, or if it's and less than ten, it's a uh, shaving. It, it's it's a yeah uh, a, shaving a shaving cut. cut. If it's more than ten, but he said it was twenty. <coughs> he said he got twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. 20 That's on what his Foot said. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just that was interesting. Um, and then another thing I learned was was the reason Mark Crawford exploded. Remember that? I mean, the infamous yep. yelling at the bench. And again, great shots from that photographer. But like the <laughs> the clip of it is absolutely insane. And I got to hear the unedited version of of what he's saying because oh, pretty, pretty. It is literally. I bet you probably twenty swear words in. A forty-five second clip, and that—that's probably <laughs> oh. under underestimated. The the clip where he's asking if, he, are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize? One? Yeah, right, which right. I thought was interesting. Like <laughs> we all knew like what what Lemieux did to Draper, but the fact that he never apologized or even reached out or anything—that's what was pissing the Red Wings off for so long. It's like that's what it was. It was just he had so many opportunities and he never apologized. He never said anything. He never he just defended himself. And he was kind of a yep. hole about it. Yep. Let's be honest. Didn't you say something like he would never like I made his career like he wouldn't nobody would have known his name if it wasn't for me or something like that? Is that what he did? He say that yeah, during I the I don't, they didn't play that during the documentary. At that least might that be I heard. Extra. That might be an extra. Yeah, that, that. that's what I heard, and I think it happened before before the the the, the E sixty. Oh really? Yeah. I well, think I think that was a quote. Like nobody would have even known this guy's name. Like I made him basically. Jeez. Well, that's that Draper's been an, an incredible hockey player. That was one of the things I was interested to find out too. Was Claude Lemieux still to this day has not apologized? He's not reached out to Draper. Yeah. In any fashion. And Draper's definitely just to say bitter. sorry. <laughs> definitely bitter. Oh. You got a hardcore you gotta, like they literally end it with like would you ever like do you care to know him or anything like that? And he's like, Well, I don't have time. Who who's that? Like they asked Draper, Draper? Like, if oh, they would, okay. first of all if he'd ever forgive him and right. if he ever wants to get to know him and he goes, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Basically it was but the way he said it was so they did a good job of that. And, I don't know, it was it was good. And the other thing I didn't know is how 
actually badly injured Draper got from that hit. That, oh, yeah. That we thought started it all. Yeah. I, I have no idea. This man's face, it was so blown up on the right side. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, it looked like a balloon. He basically, so like he broke his bone from here down to like the top of his teeth. But Orbi- then it's orbital bone. Orbital right? bone. It, well, he actually said a different bone that I, I thought it was going to be orbitable. There, or, oh, there or, was a couple sorry. different bones. Yeah. But like then like. So it was like indented where it was, but then it was so swollen it didn't look like it was indented at all. It was just crazy. So they show the trainer there there's Red there's Wings this trainer. yeah, there's yeah. this uh camera view that they show him, they show the trainer look down at Draper, he sees in like a four inch indentation in his face, and he looks up at the crowd like he saw a ghost. Yeah. He's just basically like this, he's a that's how bad it was. He, so <laughs> I actually, back into it. <laughs> I actually listened to an interview with him today. He was in Woodward. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. And so he was talking to the guys, and it was interesting because he he was telling stories that was I guess not in the in like that the ESPN docu- cut. Yeah, yeah. And he said that one of the things was that like he prided himself on you know not made, letting the moment get too big on whatever injury happened. Yeah. This one, like he had to like take a deep breath and yeah. like look up and just like okay. Get it together. Don't let anybody know how bad this is. But he had to collect himself because he was so shocked by what he saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one was the fight, I guess, that he like started between the, the benches. Oh, he started that yeah, one? Yeah. Oh, really? It wasn't, it wasn't at the coach. It was at him. Oh, man. Which was funny. Well, I, I definitely he's definitely in the clip. I knew that. And it's just funny to see trainers getting getting involved. I guess the other coach was just something like, control your nurse. And he's like, but they didn't know how much I respect nurses. So that's not a slight. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, was there anything that that you f- that was left out? Because for me, like it was all about obviously the the it was the ninety six to ninety eight basically, or I should say ninety five to ninety eight. So much happened after that. That rivalry that was what four years of. Oh, it went till two thousand two. They they beat him right. in two thousand two. Wings it, but didn't that? But Colorado won in one. I think won in one. Yeah, it's like I feel like that could have kept going. Yeah. End it on what you did. That was fine. Winning it in '98, the Constantinov, all that good stuff. That's not a bad way to end it, but it didn't tell the whole story. Maybe there's gonna be a part two. I I, I don't know, but man, it just feels like it could have kept going. But two hours, like that's us as Red Wings fans. I bet you nobody else really wants the next six years of it. (laughs) So the whole thing felt one-sided, didn't it? I thought it was very Red Wings heavy. Okay, so at the end, I felt justified in my anger being relit you know so where where was kind of like the avalanche side of things they they, they took some pretty one-sided cocky comments from in the moment back in 97 and 96 but then nowadays like i, I it was very red wings heavy from that moment mm-hmm the the justification of yeah um, like everybody the whole Draper incident and then from there on out it was Detroit everything which, which I didn't mind but I still want to hear the well, other side yeah like one thing they never even talked about was all right so we hated Lemieux because of what he did I guarantee you that Avalanche fans hated McCarty as much as we hated Lemieux but that wasn't talked about at all McCarty right. what he did was really freaking dirty. Yeah, it was payback, but you can't justify what he did either. Right. It was that bad. 
And I mean, yeah, he had good fights, and they did it right move after that. But man, if if if, if we were on the Colorado side, I would want that to be talked about. Like, what about what he just did? What Lemieux did is more of a hockey. What Lemieux did is more hockey than what McCarty did, and that's where it's like I would be. But but it was payback. Yeah, and it it led to the back to back, right? Oh yeah, I mean the team coming together and being in one unit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was actually going to be my question: is like how because I didn't watch it again. I've just watched some of the interviews coming out of it. Yeah. Um, how was some of the the Avalanche perspective from the players? Did you get a lot of that? You know, I, I think most of the Avalanche talk was in the moment stuff. So you had like Mike Keen like talking in, out of his butt, um, but that was like a post game interview, like all that kind of stuff. Like in the, they had Lemieux, uh, they had Adam Foot said a little bit more talking about like his injury, and Adam Foot was cooler than what I uh, yep, imagined. I, I agree with that. Um, they had Patrick Waugh say a little bit, Sackick said a little bit, but it was it was not. That's where I think that they sh- they should have dug more into it. They should have had more of the players on it, and and talking about how they felt rather than explaining what was going on. If that makes sense. So they didn't really revisit the Colorado players' feelings as much as I thought they should have. So it almost that, maybe was like a storytelling event or in documentary rather than like getting into the details of all the players and like the the backstory of it or like the true story. Yeah, maybe just like it telling. Felt, it felt like the. The Disney version of our, that started this way, and then look at how they t- they came together and they did it, and they stuck stuck as one. Where there was Red Wings, it, it felt like they made the Red Wings look out to be the good guy, and the Avs look out to be the bad guy. And I don't think that that's a fair way to look at it. I really don't. And I'm a big Red Wings fan, obviously, but, but like I don't think Colorado was the bad guy. I think in a lot of ways the Red Wings were the bad guy. Because See, of what McCarty did. Like, I don't know. I think that goes way on over, I think, overlooked. I think if you look at it differently, though, the the way the way you said, you know, they, they tried to make the Red Wings look like the good guys and the Avalanche look like the bad guys. Yeah. I think it was reversed if you look at it differently because what happened is you had Claude Lemieux, you know, having regrets about what he did. In the in the mo- not in the moment, but what he did to Draper in this interview for this special. And then he also had Patrick Waugh saying, "You know, Mike Vernon didn't really deserve that from me." And, and yeah. so, so you've got a you got a couple of apologetic guys coming from the bad guy side, and then you've got all the guys we love here in Detroit not apologizing for one thing. Yeah, I didn't mean, apologize for one thing. Yeah. So, oh. so I guess that that's what I'm saying is it's how you view it. Yeah, right? I I just I thought they made the Red Wings look better than they were in that scenario. Personally, <laughs> I think they could have made the Red Wings look just as bad as as the Avs. And maybe maybe I'm looking at it as a perception too. Like I don't know, but I was like, you might be swinging too far the other way. You really. think so? But yeah, because again, it was revenge. It was like they. They thought it was so bad and so impactful, and it was that the, the but, last game of the season, right, where they ended their season in in the conference playoffs. But you, need, but you also need to look at what Kozlov did. Did you see what Kozlov did? Yeah, I did. But and that was before the hit on yeah, but on that's Lemieux, not that Lemieux did on Draper. And that's where it's like no, like the hit by Lemieux, yeah, dirty, 
is crap. Well, the soccer punch that he did on Kozlov was really dirty as well. But the Red Wings weren't standing up either. It was the Red Wings did this, Kozlov did this, nobody was answering the bell for that. And that would be driving people nuts. That's going against the code of, of, of hockey in that, that world. Nobody stood up for it. Nobody paid the price. Nobody dropped the gloves because of what Kozlov did. So it's going to keep boiling over. It's going to be bad, you know. It, it's never a, a good thing to go. John, what, what, what's going on, man? Uh, public opinion says it was all fair. Yeah. Er- everything that happened in the avalanche, they had it coming. Yeah, and then Kyle says, I swing both ways. <laughs> I guess so. Did you talk about throwing right? Did, did you talk about throwing rights and lefts? <laughs> I th- we t- yeah, I talked to Ryan said uh, I'm swinging too far the other way. Oh, with my no, no, no. I think only because like yeah, you might think it's more of a hockey move. I just watched it. it it's really not that bad. Uh, what Kozlov did, but I disagree. But with Claude Lemieux, at least apologize. At least at least be a human yeah. about it. And that's probably maybe just as much where the anger is coming from. Yeah, from yep. that side. So then, uh, guess what? They all knew it was coming. Yeah. And who mean, else knew? The Avs knew it was coming too. Yeah. yeah. You don't just get goalies fighting each other like that and all on five on five like brutal <laughs> what yeah. would happen would on the ice yeah. if both sides didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. Now, if a piece of the board broke and Adam Foote got poked in the eye and was blind and never able to play hockey again, that's one thing. But what Chris, Chris Draper went through was, uh, I mean, a career-threatening injury. And yeah. he's lucky to have come back and played, you know, and stepped on the ice again. So Broke his jaw in four places, broke his orbital bone. That's what, I guess, yeah. I think maybe that and more. Like, they wired yeah. his jaw shut. Yeah, they had to wire his jaw shut because it was broken. Um, but uh, another missed opportunity that I was I was disappointed about was not getting like the Dino Cicerelli, um, Paul Co- like guys that were on the team in '96 that were moved on from for '97. They didn't get anything, you know. Like I wanted Dino says Cic- I wanted to hear like Dino Cicerelli because like obviously everybody knows that he's like I can't believe I just shook that blank's hand or something like that guy's hand or whatever it was in the, in the in the circle he was pretty outspoken about that or sorry line not circle um but then like what about Dino like is he pissed that he didn't get part of that what did the rest of the league think of this as this rivalry was going on was it must watch for the you know Wayne Gretzky's of the world like the people that were in the league trying to compete with these maniacs basically the best two teams in the league are doing this to each other. What did everybody else think? And nobody talked about it. Like, I have no idea. And I feel like that was another missed opportunity. Like, mm. tell me what everybody else is saying about that this. That would be cool. What does Mario Lemieux think? What does Wayne Gretzky think? What does Brett Hall think? Like, what is... Right, right. All these other guys that are in the league. Dino like, Cicerelli was in the league at that point still? Dino Cicerelli was in the league, so the Red Wings traded him. Yeah. In the, or maybe he walked. I don't remember if he walked, but yeah. He, he was, was my favorite player growing up. Oh, no. He, he, so, 96. He was on the team in 96 when the hit happened. Oh. But he wasn't on the Did team in Shanahan? 97. Did we? Yeah, it was part of the Shanahan okay. deal. I, th- I think it was the Shanahan deal for the Whalers. I'm Sounds sure. right. Then Paul Coffey was gone, too. Yeah. Paul Coffey. Big names. Two, two Hall of Famers right there. Yeah. I love Paul Coffey. I had a Paul Coffey uh, poster in my room when I was a kid. And like, you did? Then, you, you know, the years you remember watching the Red Wings, it's like, I never even remember watching that guy play for yeah, the Red Wings. Yeah, I had like, a Dino Cicerelli, and, and, like, I just knew him from the video game, but not. Nah. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a Paul Coffey <laughs> clock. I think he, I still have it. Because he played for, was it, like, uh, the... Uh, I totally remember Philly, that. Yeah. Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, he. The, so the Red Wings traded him, then I think, Whalers traded him to Philly, probably at the deadline or something like that, and then we beat him in the Stanley Cup Finals in '97. Yep. Yeah, bittersweet. Kind of yeah, pretty funny. I think we actually beat him in the finals 
again. Was he in 02 maybe? I don't know. With Carolina? Doesn't matter. We didn't play Carolina. Yeah, we did play Carolina. Sorry. I'm going through my own head. Sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Who was 98? Flyers? Washington. Washington. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, they're super ugly jerseys. Who was the best player on the Flyers in 97? Uh, John LeClaire and Eric Lindros. Oh, Legion yeah. of Doom. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. And then uh, the coach for Carolina right now. Brenda Moore? Brenda Moore. He was on their team, too. It was a really good line. Rod. Rod Brindamore. I hated Rod Brindamore back then. I like him now. But speaking of Rod Brindamore and coaches, the season's over. Red Wings need to get this ball rolling. Time to talk. Time to get a coach. Time to get this thing moving. Try to figure out what this what we're gonna do. Yeah, and I, I don't want to go too deep into it right now. If you guys are all right with it, let's let's cut this part a little you, bit short. You hear that, Kyle? Yeah, he doesn't do want to go too deep into it. <laughs> yeah, just the tip. The swing. Yeah, the swing both ways. Joke again. Coming, but NHL draft is Thursday, July seventh. Uh, free agency starts the thirteenth, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the next couple couple days. Here, what's, what's going to happen with the Red Wings search for the coach, John? Button. Oh, you wanted to end it. You yeah. really didn't want to get too deep. No, I'm done. From the Red Wings to Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. This is our Betting Hero segment. We're going to make this nice and quick. Um, BettingHero.com, promo code MIBETS, what you're going to get. Paul Coffey was the first hockey name I knew. Was that my mom or my dad, maybe? Probably my mom. Maybe yeah. my dad. Honestly, my, no, my dad would have known other hockey players back then. But yeah, Paul Coffey was definitely one of my favorites. Um, but bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS, if you're interested in gambling on sports, which I like to do a little bit, um, hmm. go to that website, and what they'll do, you say you're in Michigan, you sign up, you deposit money, you, all the promos are available. Basically, just go to it and figure it out. We're done trying to sell you guys on this. If you haven't done it already, you won't, right? Correct. So Where where are the Red Wings um, drafting this year? What position? Draft slot? Seven or eight, maybe? I think it's I think it's eight. I think it's seven. Google. Um but anyways, one thing that I'm really so enjoying weird. I thought it was six. It's a fan duel thing. They have Dinger Tuesdays, um where you, you opt in to their Dinger Tuesday, you put twenty five dollars or, or you can put less um on a player to homer, which is always fun. You get five dollars for every home run that's hit in that game Dinker win or and lose. Dong in the same episode for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we have nobody that records <laughs> and then just pulls up all these drops because they're uh, yeah yeah. I should do that. I really should. <laughs> um, but anyways, last week I said I'm going to go with Austin Riley for the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta is only the 14th home run friendly ball is only the 14th home run friendly ballpark this year. But both the Giants and the Braves are top 10 in homers. Anyways, How there was five home runs in that game. Maybe six, actually. But Austin Riley didn't get it. But since you have this promo that I'm trying to sell everybody on, you opt in five, what is it, nine or eight? Yes. Let's go. Um, Where was I? Oh, yeah, you opt in. In every home run that, that's hit in the game, you get $5 back in free bets. So basically I put 25 bucks on Austin Riley to hit it. Really good odds. Didn't get it, but I got my money back. It was a free bet. Yeah, that's awesome. For the opportunity to do it. So this Sweet. week... This week, my, my Dinger Tuesday, um, I'm going to go with Trey Turner 
for the L.A. Dodgers, who uh, play in Colorado. Turner has 10 homers, but being in Colorado, we all know how the ball flies out of there. Um, it's all about the pro- protection. What? It's all about the protection once again. Oh, yeah. Uh, picking a guy um, somewhat uh, is a crapshoot every time. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Why are you reading this part? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you want me to read it for you? you? Don't need yeah. To read it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, let me just talk. Yeah, just talk. I about know it. what I'm doing. I just decided to read for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go with Trey Turner because I want to pick somebody in that game, Dodgers, Colorado, because I feel like that's the game that's going to have a lot of home runs. A lot of home yeah, runs. Kershaw's going, but I think, I think Dodgers could probably get five on their own. Like that—that's always my goal. Like, how many are you gonna get? How many are you gonna get back? And I'm just gonna go with Trey Turner. Um, so I'm assuming he's gonna be around plus three ten. So if you put twenty five bucks on that, you win about seventy seven. But then five dollars for every um, home run that's hit in the game, so you could win win a decent amount of money. Not bad, right? Yeah. Um, we'll see what what it's what the odds are. That was today's odds, so I feel like it's just a good way to go. Um, but I would also be willing to move over and go with Aaron Judge, who is playing against the A's. Frankie Montas, who's he starts? Um, he's already given up nine home runs, and then you're in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that sounds pretty that good. That seems to a me. little better. So Ryan, you you make the decision here. Oh, I would, I would for sure go Aaron Judge here. Aaron Judge. I mean, he has like 28. So yeah. So that's gonna be like it's probably gonna be like <laughs> plus 280 or something like that. Yeah, but easy but, bet. but you think that, that that game has a better chance to have yeah with the all home with, runs with with the Yankees the lineup A's, in general. You know? Yeah. All right, we're going with Judge. We're going with Judge. Drop. It's going to get into our <laughs> beer grade of the day. What are we drinking, guys? Soggy Tug Brewing. Yes. yes. Strawberry Lemonade Shandy. <laughs> There's really nothing else that needs to be said about it besides its delicious taste, clearly what it's made of. And Soggy Tug, they're uh, southwest Michigan. Great little area, great little town. They got a lot of bars and restaurants including Saga Tuck Brewing. Great beer, great food, great service, great people. Wow, that was well done. Sounds like you want to get out of here. Is that what you're doing? You just want to keep this thing moving? Uh, yeah, I'd like to go to sleep. <laughs> Not so bad. How are we doing on time, John? I just opened one more. <laughs> we got plenty of time to like keep... 145. Keep they're like, this is supposed to be a fast episode. Keep they're, like, they're, they're like, can we talk a little more Pistons or no? <laughs> That's what Ryan and I mean, John if you're game, I'm game. No, but what'd you guys think of this beer? It was a nice take on a shandy. Yeah, yeah. It you was. like that strawberry in there? Yeah, I do. Doesn't yep. make it too sweet. Not, not too sweet. I, I could only maybe down two of these. Yeah. I mean, the strawberry does sweeten it up. I would say. Does sweeten it up. It, it might give me a little gut rot, but I, I think I get gut rot a little easier than a lot of people. So gross. Yeah. Well, so I mean, with the sweet beers. <laughs> oh, that was an awkward comment, yeah, wasn't boy. it? Yeah. God, that's terrible. You <laughs> should probably get that looked at. Jeez, yeah. yeah. It's all stand no upwind from you tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah. So we're not hanging out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening. No, I think it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was too sweet either. Like, no. I, with a shandy, you're, you're kind of going in knowing that there's going to be some sweetness to it. Yeah. But they, I thought they did a good job. It was, it was decently mild. Um, I, I could have more than two. Cool. Let's get let's get some grades out here. You guys ready for some grades? Yeah. Seven seven. Seven seven. Are you kidding? Mike a seven exactly seven as well. What I had. John, what'd you think? <sighs> Let me get one more sip. Sam, you throw your grade first. I'm gonna go with a seven two. It was a little too sweet for me. Mm. 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 Okay. Yeah, probably like a seven three, seven four. Or yeah. seven four. We'll round up. Seven four. Yeah. Well, 
Would you rather have a normal? I think I would. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I would rather have a. Yep. This, this, this. I mean, it wasn't bad. The, the strawberry's not bad. I just. I don't know. I think shandies are good how they are. It was closer to like it does, the cider. It's needed. I felt yeah, like. it's actually good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And five percent, so you're not. It doesn't taste like a shandy, does it? No. No. It's a little, little smoother. I feel like I could get away with having a couple of these with breakfast. You know, yeah, right. It's like a good lemonade, like apple juice or something <laughs> before I go to work. Right into your Fruit Loop cereal. It yeah. definitely not a Rattler. Like they put Rattler on there. It's their own take on it. 100%. Is it Spencer? Yeah. Spencer no. Rattler. Rattler. They should uh, stay away. Nil him. Should yeah, line that up with a South Carolina strawberry lemonade. You know. Yeah, exactly. Is that? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, that was episode one sixty three. John a lot we're losing count man. outro outro i want to hear something oh wait Terry had something good lost art this week what was it Michael? that was episode 163 <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for recording it's good it radio fun. guys yeah good stuff thank you guys for watching listening comment and talk to you next week if not sooner peace you've been listening to state of my sports From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.